Huh. I apologize. I just noticed that the walk chat from last night had zero time on it. Uh, something happened when I tried to upload it. I apologize. The title of it was Mental Civil War. And I'll just talk about that now because I was kind of going to continue on some of the thoughts anyway. Uh, so I'm pursuing neuroscience at the moment. You know, cognitive science, just the entire... Just trying to learn how the how the brain does what it does, why it does what it does, you know, where we're at at helping it do things better or worse. And there's a lot of... It's a real exciting time for this stuff because a lot of groundwork that was laid over the last 30 or 40 years is really paying dividends right now. And it's at this real... Like, it really seems like it's at this tipping point where we've got years. All the data that we have is this gold mine that we haven't even started to get through yet. But it's real obvious that we're finding really good stuff there. You know, learning a lot and having honest conversations about the brain. You know, what it, what it could do, what it can do. But there's a lot of awe around it, you know, like a lot of mysterious things that we have woo-woo words for because we don't have real words for them yet, you know, like the, uh, like consciousness and all, all this stuff, like these, uh, they inspire awe. I'm tripping over my words here. Give me a second. They inspire awe because it's really phenomenal. The more we learn about what the brain can do and how it does it, it's really mysterious. Like we have a lot of understanding about the processes. You know, we can see, like from an electrical engineering kind of standpoint, we can really see what's going on. You know? ranges of stimulations, the hardware that does it, what we have absolutely no working theory on yet is how this mushy, wrinkly mass stuffed inside of a cranium with some holes in it interprets light and sound and creates a subjective experience. You know, there's no working theory for this. And we've got all these clues. We're like, okay, well, we cracked the head open. We looked at the brain. We're like, all right, well, this is where it's happening. You know, we've noticed that injuries to this result in behavioral capability, personality changes. You know, just lots of really fascinating research. Highly unethical. <laughs> like... There was a lot of victims in the emergence of neuroscience. And all of medicine falls under this category. But, uh, yeah, some hot, just the ethics behind researching the brain are still pretty scratchy. You know, especially when it comes to, like, animal testing, you know, 
And one of the big voids of our understanding is that even though we have companies like Neuralink and um, lots and lots of medical research with paralysis, uh, stuff like that, um, you know, the uh, even though we have companies building hardware and really making a lot of headway into these uh, capabilities, you know, being able to we can actually give people prosthetic arms that they can control to an increasingly uh, sophisticated degree. That's fucking awesome. But there's this massive void that, because of laws and regulations, you know, based on the ethical framework of it, we're not allowed to like really screw with people's brains too much. So, anyway, the point I was trying to make is that. Because we don't have language or an understanding of how the mushy thing in the head with the electrical wiring in it gives rise to a subjective experience, that the, uh, I think the awe will subside as we understand more and more. That's fine. I'm finally going to get to my point here is that the brain's not that great. <laughs> like it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't do a lot of things that you kind of wish a brain would, you know, like it's the brain is the enemy. Like if you gave your, like what you perceive your brain to be, like, it's a separate person. Like, there's a duality to everybody's personality that gets identified when you argue with yourself. And not only is the brain just the absolute enemy, like, it's fucking lazy, it's annoying, it's incessant, it's rude, it's cruel, it's impulsive, like... <laughs> Sam Harris has this uh, description of, you know, that if you try to silence the world for a moment, you know, you'll meet your mind. And your mind is an asshole. Like, think about it. If you struggle with any behavioral issues, uh, like, if you try to, like, if you smoke cigarettes and try to quit, get, you know, get addicted to drugs... You know, the drug and addiction thing is a real fascinating paradox there. Because it's a choice. There's this huge argument around whether or not it's a disease. I've already spoke about that. It is. If you think it's not, you're a fucking idiot. But one thing that the disease, one of the features of the disease is that it begins with your brain making a choice that puts it in a high-risk situation and that it sacrifices its capability to extract you from. You know, this fucking mystical, awe-inspiring brain, the most powerful supercomputer in the world, doesn't even tell us what the fuck we're doing here. Like, it doesn't seem like it knows what it's doing. It withholds a lot of information. You know? But if you struggle with your weight... 
if you struggle with depression, you know, like we are prisoners in our minds by impulse. You know, it takes work to free yourself from that. To become someone who is the dominant personality in that mental civil war duality, you know, you got to meditate. You have to you have to win fights with your mind a lot. Like you got to fight to the fucking death with it. You know, like talking yourself out of things. I mean, these are, you know, there's philosophical explanations about it, you know, that they're kind of just, the world is changing so fast that we're kind of a victim of, you know, evolution that, to an environment that we're not in anymore and that we're changing super fucking fast and super recklessly, you know, because there's another phenomenon I want to talk about. This is a super big tangent here. But there's two pieces of magic that make me fucking insane. Like, this doesn't make any sense to me. Maybe you guys can help me. Anybody out there who wants to chime in on this, I would love to hear it. There seems to be a magic in big data. Like, the law of large numbers. This, uh... God, I can't remember the title of it. There's this great thing on Netflix that goes through it. Something about numbers, the science of numbers or something like that. I don't know. Search for it, you'll find it. But it talks about, like, if you see a jar of marbles, right? And you ask one person how many marbles they think are in there. You'll get an answer. Now, the answer is probably not going to be right. But if you ask 10 people, you know, you're going to get 10 different answers, especially if they don't hear each other's guesses. You'll get 10 different answers, and there won't be a whole lot of a pattern emerging. Somebody might guess it right. A few people may be close, but it's going to be relatively scattered. Now, this phenomenon emerges when... If you ask a hundred people how many marbles they think are in there, the average of all the answers is going to be a better guess than the average of the 10 answers. You know, barring from some type of lottery level improbability, it will. Now, if you ask a thousand people, that number is going to get more accurate. Like, there's something about repetition and, you know, lots of reps, (laughs) like, to kind of map it onto the physical philosophy that I love so much. Um, Like, there's this kind of progression towards a more accurate decision when you see lots of people kind of cooperating in randomness, if you will. But, by and large, the collective brain of humanity doesn't seem to be trending that way initially. You know, 
So maybe there's a time factor here. I still want to hear everybody's, you know, thoughts on this, but if, uh, if we look at things like this pandemic, you know, this could have been the moment where there was like a decision process that sounded something like this. Hey, there's a pandemic. Let's listen to the people who know the most about this and do what they say and we'll end this pandemic. And you saw examples of this all over the world. People did what the fuck the smart people said to do and they won. But you also saw a lot of places where they are not abiding by what would be necessary to make this thing go away. You know, to the point now where the experts are saying that it looks like it's just going to be here forever. Global warming is another thing. Yeah, that seems to be trending the right way right now. But the scientists can come out and say, listen, we're measuring like the melting ice up at the ice caps and like the models that we have that are the scariest. Like it's worse than that right now. You know, we made some guesses 20 years ago and we've been refining it ever since. But you see, you know, people who don't understand how anything works or Republicans, you know, they, uh, like they're just not willing to put the mask over their fucking nose. They're not willing to just do what it takes to fix the problem that I don't want to use the words obviously there, but that the smart people are saying is. Like, it just seems like there's this, always this kind of balance or pushback that trends away from that group think that makes the better marble guesses. You know? Like, there's just a lot of people out there who want to resist. Doesn't matter what it is. Just, if people go this way, they want to go that way because they feel like that's the... Like, that's just the best way to, you know, be an individual or fight conformity or some shit. I don't know. But we could have had a pattern where the world, by and large, snuffed this thing out. Now, some of the data that I'm not super familiar with, but what it appears to have happened is that the COVID protocols, you know, have had some level of positive impact on keeping COVID from getting out of control, more out of control. But it also had an impact on cold and flu season. So there's like a there's a couple types of worlds that could exist. We live in the one that's like fuck them, not putting the mask over my nose, I'm not gonna fuck you, I won't do what you tell me, all that shit, you know. Like the rebel, like misplaced rebellion. Like, the Rage Against the Machine, fuck you, I won't do what you tell me, all on board with that. The, it's a hoax, all that shit, like, that's not the same kind of rebellion. One's thought through, the other's thought less. So, 
But there could be this world where people just said, well, holy shit. You know, I know that sucked having to lock down for the few months that we never locked down, you know. But realistically, this massive effort could have snuffed this out as fast as a lot of it. We saw examples of it being done within months. So there's no reason to think that had we done what they had done and adjusted for whatever differences there were in the situations, we could have done the same thing. At this point, like where we're just now getting a vaccine to market, which was done remarkably quickly. I'm not saying that in any way disparaging it. But like at this point of the progress, from a behavior perspective, we could have had a better outcome COVID-wise and leaned in on it for this long and possibly could have stopped the flu. You know, I'm not saying zero it out, but what if all those, di- like, you know, the people were like, well, that many people die of the flu every year. Her heart. Like, yeah, that's fucked up. What if we had leaned in <laughs> for the seven extra months this shit's been going on and been like, yeah, we, yeah, we cut them numbers way down. No. Nope, 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 nope. Kids would be staying home with their parents. That's fucking unacceptable. Cuts into day drinking. And it would have messed with the economy. So this artificial economic construction that's falling apart anyway, you know, that would have been impacted. So these people are not willing to to behave different. But the economy is thriving in the places that we're able to open up quick enough. So the fact is that the extrapolated fear... Anyway, I'm bitching about it now. Never mind. You see where I'm going with this. Like, we don't live in a world that aligns with this mentality that the brain... Is some miracle machine, you know? It can be, you know, it could be, but it takes effort, big effort. And just like most people aren't gonna let their lives be impacted enough to get rid of COVID and the flu, most people are gonna go through their life just a passenger to a brain that they let the counterproductive, you know, enemy version of it steer. Maybe not all the time, you know, but quite a bit. And that's bad. You know, if you look at your life and you've had, you know, whatever issues it is that are obviously ones that If you could just tell your brain what to do and then just ride along while it does it. Like take the effort and the discomfort out of it. You know, and I I should take effort off because effort's not a fair assessment. A lot of people put 
lots of effort into changing, you know, the things that they don't like. But it's it's not productive. So, but because the true, because the effort is obvious is often around the discomfort instead of through it. So, anyway, I know this got a little rambly, but coffee's just now kicking in. I should have waited a few more minutes. Maybe I'd have been a little more focused. But, you know, sit your brain down and talk to it. I think it was Carl Jung that said, you know, if you don't... I'm going to fuck this up real bad. But something to the effect of, if you don't declare control over your brain, you're just going to fall through life, basically. Stumble through life and call it circumstance or chance. You know, that was a massive paraphrase there. I encourage you to Google Google Carl Jung and uh, I don't know, you'll find it. <laughs> it's, it's one of the top ten. I don't know. Anyway, I really encourage you to kind of look through pieces of your life where you're being held prisoner by your own brain. You know, what we do know about the brain is it's changeable. It's confrontable. It's a bully. And as with all bullies, when they get hit, they subside. But they got to be put and kept in their place. Just like the brain. You put it in its place, you keep it in its place. It's a magnificent ally. And we're getting better at that. There's uh, lots of content... Like I said, I would start with Sam Harris in the Waking Up app. Uh, Anyway, I'm all over the place, but sorry about yesterday. Thank you for listening. All right, I love you all. I'll talk to you again soon.